of all ages. Get ready to be amazed. Put your hands together and make some noise. It's showtime. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we're back. Y'all have to excuse me if it sounds like I'm a little further away from the mic. All right, we're going to have us a panel discussion today. Y'all go on, come on in, pull up a chair, wipe your feet. Let me get y'all something cold to drink. It's time once again to do business with the Star Maker. I have two very, very special guests in the building with me today. Last time y'all were here, we talked about the ABCs of real estate investing. We kind of got into the basics, what you'll need for this loan versus that loan. We went over some credit expectations and a few other basic things. I'm going to go ahead and let my two guests introduce themselves. Luke's first. Alrighty. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Ala Afifi. I am a mortgage loan originator in the industry. Um, I've been in the banking realm for... I don't know how many years, since 2016, um, but I just began my mortgage origination um, path in 2020 when the pandemic started, and that is a little bit about me. Hey, my name is Janelle Williams. I'm a real estate agent with Gardner Realty. I've been in the real estate industry for five years, but um, I do loan origination and um, insurance as well. So um, JW Home Services, my business, my brand, you know. A one-stop shop. Yes, yeah. indeed. That's good. Yes, indeed. So the reason I wanted to have these two on specifically was that these are two highly, highly, highly intelligent individuals whom I've worked with extensively in the past. All right, Ala was a, a, a mentor of mine when I kind of first started in the retail banking, and Janelle was a mentor of mine when I first started in sales back when I was a pup, <laughs> back in like 2009. Long time ago. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So it's been a while. So now we're kind of all in the same space. So I figured it would be a good chance for us all to get together here and, you know, share, share with y'all. Um, all right, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. My first question for the panel, if I'm a first-time homebuyer, what do I need to know? Ali, you go first. So I really like this question because I think a lot of people don't think they need to know anything when <laughs> buying a house. Um, so definitely use Google. Like really use your resources and just educate yourself on really what it is a mortgage is and what you're signing up for. Um, so as a first-time home buyer, a lot of people go right to the agent, which of course they'll connect you with a lender. But I think if you do the right research, you'll sit down and notice that the orderly steps are to go to a lender, get your pre-approval. So when you're going to the agent, you know, you already know what you're qualifying for, um, what type of properties you can afford, um, and really where you fall in the first-time homebuyer category because there's so many different options when you're a first-time homebuyer. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a first-time buy homebuyer's loan. Um, there are so many different loan options out in this industry, and it, it really is just a factor of educating yourself or finding the right person to mentor you through it. Um, but, yeah, the first step is understand your loan type, understand how your debt goes into, you know, play, and just understanding your financial standing and what you can afford um, before going to an agent. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's like really knowing what you want, um, making sure you have money saved, and you don't need a whole lot of money saved. There's a lot of programs. Well, my last two clients, I was able to help get into homes with less than $2,500 out of pocket. That's nice. amazing, so, yeah. Yeah, there's programs, there's options for you to buy houses um, and you don't have to have a perfect credit credit score i know um lenders that do um loans as low as 580. Right. so just knowing that you don't have to be in a perfect situation to buy a home too is something big like you don't have to have millions of dollars saved up you don't have to have a 750 credit score even though all those things will help yeah right it puts you in a better <laughs> it standing but it's yeah like it's it's just a matter of like these this is what the lenders aren't going to tell you like especially the big lenders where they're you know getting a thousand apps an hour They're, they don't have time to tell you this is what you need to do before you actually move forward with it but what i always tell people is if you can pay first 
security and last for an apartment, you can buy a house with That's that first so security true. and last. Like yeah. the average rents, not even just in Delaware, but PA, Jersey, they're all surpassing, you know, what an average mortgage payment is at the moment. Right. So using that first security and last, you have your down payment right there. There's plenty of options with lenders that do credit repair where they'll tell you exactly how much you need to pay off before we can get your credit to this standing so that you're actually qualifying for this loan amount and this rate. Um, so yeah, you're like you said, it's if you if you have a handle on that and have a very good understanding of why it's better to have a higher payment or a higher rate or a credit score, you know, then you're going to be solid, but it doesn't mean you can't do it if you didn't have those things. Mm. I told y'all. I told y'all. Two very solid, sharp individuals who know <laughs> what they're doing Appreciate and know it. what they're talking about. This is this is going to be such a such a great program here. <laughs> All right, I appreciate those answers. Thank you. Um, my next question is, um, if let's say I'm looking to be, you know, I'm looking, I'm, I want to be a real estate investor. How should I finance my first deal? All right, and when do you feel it's appropriate to use my own money versus seeking financing? Now, the reason that I'm asking this is there's all kinds of wrong information out there on the internet that are that's telling people to use oh you can use leverage your credit cards to buy a, a, a rental property um and i like i don't like that strategy because there's just so many things that can go wrong mm -hmm. especially if somebody is not an experienced investor right or you have oh well do this 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 and get yourself some get yourself two hundred thousand in business funding and then all right we can't tell people who got a 500 credit score to go out here and get two hundred thousand dollars of somebody else's money it's just going to cause a much bigger problem than they already have so talk to me a little bit when is it appropriate to use my own money versus seeking financing and if i'm if i'm a novice at this how should i finance it so for me i, I think it's always it's, it's always important to stay as liquid as possible right so if you have cash in the bank you want to keep your cash right and if you can if you have the ability to leverage some loans i would definitely recommend that you know it's a different type of loans because you see the hard money lenders those are the worst people to deal with <laughs> they are the worst you you want to go broke dealing with these people yeah, yeah and and people jump at them all the time and, and that's I, the thing i think they need to like really redefine the hard money lending aspect of things like i went through i took a business partner of mine through in a hard money investor mm -hmm. but he literally had to have an interview right like we had to have a whole portfolio interview you have to have a business development plan yeah you have to show assets but do you have liquid assets you can't just show credit cards and say this is my asset to borrow the money because that's where people are putting themselves in these positions um where it's they financially can't afford it anymore if you don't have the liquid money then you shouldn't be borrowing the, these funds but if you do have the liquid money you can borrow the funds from someone else because you can pay it back, right? Yep. So it's a matter of like, can I borrow someone else's money because I have the same amount of money? If you if you want to borrow their money, have something close to it, right? Don't have nothing and then borrow someone's money and hope to pay it back. Yeah, because your money should be used as a reserve. So if yep. you spend up all the money you 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 um, borrow, you'll still be able to complete the project with the money you have in the bank. So that's why I would never recommend just using your money out of pocket because yep. once you go broke, you're broke. <laughs> right. Nobody's going to lend you money right. if you don't have money. So if you have the ability to really leverage different type of loans, and like I said, not not just hard money loans because those are the most expensive things on earth, and I, I really think they're predatory some, sometimes. Like, you got to really be careful with those things. Absolutely. I agree. I totally, well... I don't agree with all of that. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily think hard money lenders are bad. I think you just got to be smart. I some of them. I said some of them. Yeah, he did. He did. Some of them. Some of them are yeah. real predatory. Some of them literally will say like, okay, cool. Like, do you have a car? And then we're gonna use that and pretend like the value of this car is this much, and we're gonna give you X amount. And it makes zero sense at all. But Agreed. if someone's looking at your profile and saying, you you have a house already. I can count that as an asset. You have this liquid cash. I'm gonna give you this much at this rate because I know you could pay it back. Right. I, right. Like we we financially know you could pay it back. But if someone's coming to you with nothing and you're like, okay, cool, yeah, I'm gonna give you half a million dollars to buy whatever the hell you want. If it works out, great. I get my money back. It just logically doesn't make any sense. Who's to say that I'm not gonna run off? Right. Yeah. And sometimes they're just in it to take the properties from people. I yeah, think. Right. That's, that's so. That's, right. That's, I don't think they want the people to complete the project yeah. successfully. They don't set them up for success. Absolutely. So yeah. like I. I 
I tell people to, you know, if if hard money is the only option, then that's what you have to do. But if you can find um, traditional lending, I, I would move more to that. Like, there's all the loans you can do for renovation, right. like 203Ks. Yeah. 203, yeah. Yep, I, I love 203Ks. Yeah. Like, uh, I hate that the lenders don't love it, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, the majority of them is like, no, I don't want to touch 203K, but I think they're a great loan if I you, think want, if you can find loan. a good resource for it. Yeah, it's just, you know, with the prevalence, with how readily available information is online, it's like now everybody's an expert. Mm. All right, which which makes the water really really muddy for real professionals. Yeah. It's like, like why? I'll have literal arguments over it. Like on my first of all, I'm the mortgage motivator, not you, Mister. I don't even know what you do for a living. Trying to argue <laughs> with me about my profession right. that I studied months for, and like it's almost like you don't want to entertain these people because they'll be like, oh, the research. Like what the hell do you know about it? Like you don't right. know much about it. And and it's funnier because I actually, um, you know, just from experience, this past six months, I've. I don't entertain those arguments. If you don't, if you think the rate is too high, I'll, let's t- let's reconnect in a year, and you let me know when you know, we had that conversation when it was three, four percent. Right? That's exactly it. I have so many clients that um, sat on the sideline last year because they said um, the prices of the homes was too much, and they were waiting for the price of the homes to go down. I told them multiple times the price of a home is not going down. <laughs> it's not, Mortgage it's rates not are just going up. The, it, fe- the feds. Everybody's they are not going down. The, what are the, we going to see? The mortgage see the rates, rates just go up. up. Yeah, yeah, so now you're down that same house. You could afford 250000 last year. You could afford 130000 now. And, and I so told you not to wait. Yeah. It is. It's pricing so many people out the market. Mm-hmm. And um, and just like you said, they're getting the wrong information from their friends, from online, and everybody that's telling them this housing market is going to collapse, and it's not. It's never. It's, it's never going to collapse right. ever it, again. It, this no, country will right. not allow hold it to on, happen. Real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me just touch on that real quick. I need y'all to understand that this government we have is going to kick that can down the road as long as they can to prevent what happened in 2008. No. All right, That's so. why everything went into effect. There's a reason that these mortgage loan originators, it's not easy to do this anymore. Correct. It's a 40% pass rate for this test. And this test, is it, 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 it's meant for people to fail. They do not want you to pass because now Correct. these laws are put into place where people have to genuinely be educated on what the hell they're selling because we're not going to let the market crash. And it's not right. we, it's the feds are not going to let it crash. They've put so many laws into effect where it's going to protect that ever happening again, right? right. So they've reported the equity is either going to stabilize or continue to grow, mm-hmm. but so are the rates. So what yeah. does that tell you? You're going to be able to afford less and less and less, and it's going to it's going to be that 1% of people that yeah. can afford it. You just got so much raggediness, and I don't <laughs> even know if that's a word or not, but there's just so much raggedy content out here. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is real polished and well put together, but, like, you shouldn't be listening to somebody who don't have a securities license talk to you about investing, <laughs> talk to you about it, uh, a trading program. Now, I mean, it, I, y'all, y'all have heard me say it on this program before. It takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something. Most people have not spent 10,000 hours doing anything Correct. except watching Netflix. Watching TV. TV. Most people have not actually spent 10. So the question, you, you got people out here who are selling real estate courses who have never owned a property, who don't have an NMLS license. Now, there's, there's states out here that don't require you to have a license for you to do commercial real estate, and that's one thing. But you have people out here who, you know, their only claim is that, like, they sold their uh, grandma's house that they inherited. And now that they think that qualifies them to sell a course. It's getting super, super raggedy out here. And I don't want my audience to fall into none of these traps. All right? There are plays out here that you can run. For instance, yes, you can buy property leveraging your credit cards. Yes, you can do that. But if you're a first-timer, if you're not a seasoned investor, I would not recommend that. It would be irresponsible of me to suggest such a thing. All right, let's move on here. And that kind of, you know, touches on our next question. Can someone with little to no money invest in real estate? Yeah, yeah I mean, you can. Like, I mean, just like I was saying before, there's plenty of programs out there to um, help um, first-time home buyers. Or a client I'm working with now um, actually is under contract for um, quad, a quadplex. Nice. Um, he's you're able to use the income from the, the the income from that property to help you afford the property so like you you don't need a million millions of dollars to do stuff right you just need to have the right mindset and the right plan so okay. and i also want to touch on something that might be um you know a lot of people just don't really know their options like i know that there are a lot of for example right now physicians loan right um, so a lot of the physicians loan are 100% finance, and it's if you qual- and it's not even that you have to be a, an active physician. You can be in field, like you can be a, a doctor about to graduate, 
in field and right off the bat, they're taking that income into consideration. They're mm -hmm. letting you 100% finance wow. instead of going the route where you need to put X amount down. Like your money's already tied up with the loans that you took out to go to school. It's also tied up with the fact that you're probably relocating for this job. So just understanding your options, that's one, that's a, like that's a phenomenal one. Certain ones with USDA, you can do it as, as low as 0% down, but also really utilize the grants that are out there. And they're not just annual grants. Every six months they're putting out grants. and. Depending on certain situations, I actually recently, um, you know, had a client of mine ask me, she said, you know, I heard there was programs for women that need to be relocate, relocated for um, domestic abuse. And it was mm -hmm. something that I wasn't really familiar with, but it made me go out of my way to look into it. There's so many different programs depending on the situation you're in. Don't ever feel like you can't because the resources are there, but of course they're not going to advertise it. You know, it's, it's one of those things is, hey, the money's there. We're just waiting for the right people to come, educate themselves, and we'll be able to assist you with that. So I think literally there's more options out there that are 0% down than there is where you're putting money down. And you know, it's like, and, and add, add to that, like when you talk about the different programs, like a lot of people don't know, like HUD has a program called the Good Neighbor Next Door. Mm -hmm. Any HUD property, if you're a teacher, a police officer, a firefighter, you get any HUD property for half off, 50% off, yep. A like, teacher, a firefighter, like that's the thing, like how many, there's so many of you that don't know that. It's a great resource. Where can somebody find more info about that? The HUD website? Yeah, <laughs> website, it's yeah, that HUD simple. Website. It's literally yes. a Google search away, HUD, now, H -U -D there's, there's a reason. Gov. The reason that I asked that was, I said on the last program, you've got to do your due diligence. You must do your research. Um, what should, when I'm shopping for a mortgage lender, what should I be looking for? What questions should I be asking and what should I be looking for? Um, yeah, I guess, honestly, just being in the, in the past six months I was consulting, so I was dealing with almost every possible lender in the world. And what I could genuinely say is um, the person that takes the time to explain to you what you're signing up for, that is the lender you want to go with. And I, on, and I could transparently say as a loan originator or just a salesperson in general, I've dug into every one of my competitors loans and I'll point it out and I'll be transparent with my clients. I'll say, Hey, you know, the only person that can't beat me is X, Y, and Z. You can go through that process, but you're going to, they're going to give you zero information. You're going to not know about a lot of the fees. You're going to get to closing and you're going to regret not going with me just because you were upset that I had a quarter of a percent higher. Right. Every single time I've told one of my clients this, I shit you not in 30 to 60 days, they've come back and they're like, your rate is now a percent higher. And I'm still going to go with you because you couldn't, you educated me more than they could in fact, like in, in the whole process. So people that are willing to explain to you what you're signing up for, I think is the number one lender. And I, I hate to say this, but I truly think that the big banks don't care. They have I enough agree. coming in. Totally agree. They don't totally give a shit. Agree. They don't care. If you're, if you're like, oh, I'm going to go with Wells Fargo, go with Wells Fargo then because it doesn't matter. They're already oh, buying loans. We can't say <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> I'm saying hypothetical. Nothing against them. <laughs> hypothetical. Any retail bank, they're already getting their, fa their sh fair share of loans from lenders that they're buying it from, but they're also getting the clients going to them. They don't care. They don't care to show you how to get approved. So that's my honest advice is go with the lenders that are explaining it and they're smaller and they're actually reputable. Yeah. Yes. So like, you know, places like uh Fells Wargo. Fells Wargo. You know, she trying to get us she trying to get me caught up. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to blank it out. My bad, you know what was you about to say, bro? I was just saying is having someone that's really attentive is really important. I mean me being on the uh, real estate side, it so many deals almost died dealing with bad lenders, like bad, bad, bad LOs, man. Mm -hmm. And I have to get on the phone and call their bosses. And it's from the big banks, like one of the big retail banks. I remember I had to email the vice president because the LO didn't want to do their job. And I'm like, I'm not losing this deal because she doesn't want yeah. to do her job. Right. Yeah. And it's like, they don't care. Like you said, like they don't make that much of commission. So it's just, and they get so many people running, running through. Like right. just, it's just, it's don't matter to them. So you need to find someone that's really attentive, somebody that's gonna care about your deal just as much as you do, and you know, and it's not gonna give up on it. And like, like she said, it's, they're not gonna explain the details to you in the beginning. They're not gonna explain anything to you throughout, throughout the whole yeah. process. Right. And you're gonna be lost, and at the end, you're gonna say, why is my down payment so much? And like, why oh, have you been talking to oh, you? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me jump in on that one. These retail banks, ought to have bandanas on their faces <laughs> for some of the junk fees that I've seen on some it's ridiculous. You'll you'll have a property where the down pay you'll have a situation where the down payment's like twelve thousand. 
but then when closing time comes, they're paying thirty thousand. It's mm-hmm. not crazy. It's yeah. it's it amazes me how people are okay with this. And you guys remember we kind of talked about closing calls on the on the uh, the last program, but this is why it's so important to ask these questions up front. All right, you got to interview your realtor. Yeah. You got to interview your uh, lender. If they start saying something you don't like, or if they start saying something in a way you don't like, you got to get out of there. People, people jump at a pre-approval sometimes, especially first-time homeowners. They just get so happy that they're approved for something that they, they don't do the due diligence, and they think that's the only only way they can get approved. They don't they don't shop like right. a, you know the, the the credit bureaus give you that forty-five days to shop for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know if you run your credit. For with one um, bank, and you want to shop with another bank, that doesn't affect your credit. Right. The, the credit bureaus give you forty-five days to shop around for mm-hmm. mortgage letters. So take that opportunity, shop around. I make encourage sure you, it. Yeah, As a yeah. loan officer, I literally tell them because that's the thing. Like a lot of people, I, I get it. We're commission-based employees, and it's it's a matter of like, how do I know you're being transparent and honest? Go check with them. Yeah. I had a friend, literally, my one of my best friends growing up. Mm-hmm. I just got her pre-approval. I shit you not. She's like, oh, this credit union, this and that. And I'm like. You're driving me insane. I already told you. Go check with the credit union. Get your credit pool. Get, like, it's it's not another credit pool. You have yeah, 45 days 45 to shop. Days. I said, go through the process because I know that the rate that they're giving you is bull. So go. Let me know. She literally called me back within two hours. She said that was the worst experience ever. She said, mm-hmm. I couldn't. Any questions that I asked, they were kind of just beating around the bush. Wouldn't talk to me unless I got my credit pool. You gave me so much more education. In an hour, I, I took an hour out of my day to sit down and explain. And she's like, yeah. And then they ended up pulling my rate, and it was horrible. Her, her The rate compared to what I gave her, which I already told her. I was like, they're not going to be able to beat it. Like, I had really negotiated this deal for her. We, yes, we, we make commission, but it doesn't mean that every single one of us has this, like, ill intention of making the commitment. We have so much on our plates. Like, we're going to help out the people that are doing just as much work as we are. It's a teamwork. It's, it's literally playing as a team. You All need right. to bring as much to the table. Let me... Let me say what she just said at the end there a different way. If you guys could see how much money a mortgage lender gets paid per deal for like, let's be honest, let's can can three of us be honest at this point? Yeah. When you see how much money gets made on a deal for us barely doing any work, <laughs> you would be shocked. You would be amazed, which is why I find it so egregious because we're already, you're already going to make money on the deal without robbing the client. Mm-hmm. You're already going to make money on the deal without charging these stupid junk fees. Yeah. Why on earth is there like a three thousand dollar appraisal fee? I've seen it. Wow. Yeah, I've so seen I, it. Yeah. It's 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 getting brutal out here. It's bad. But again, we also talked on the last program about asking the appropriate questions. It's not good enough that you just ask about rates. Sometimes, and Janelle probably can speak to this on the realtor side. You might have to ask, hey, how fast can you close? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah exactly. No, that really, matters. All right. How fast can you close? Because you have a lot of lenders out here advertising, oh, we can close in 14 days or less. And then you go or ahead. Less. And, they better not be over less. <laughs> yeah, and, that's not Or less, I was about to say they're getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Or, and then you get, in, you get into the deal and they can't close for 40 days. Yeah, yeah. It's getting bad out here. Yeah, it's, it's you know it's a lot of misleading, a lot of misleading facts, man. Yes. And like I said, integrity matters. Like like you you, you got to make sure the person you work with has integrity because like you said, they will charge you up, they will mess up the deal somehow because they didn't put the paperwork in correctly or they didn't lead you down the right path. So I mean, the the LO matters a lot, man. Yes. It matters a lot. Like mm-hmm. I, I almost lost a couple of deals dealing with bad LOs that I will never work with again. So yeah, or, or you know, when, <laughs> <Shop enough. laughs> or, how, how many times have you guys seen a situation where the client is being asked to turn in the same documents ten or eleven times? Oh my times? god, that drives me nuts. That's why I'm like, you know what? I can I'll t- I'll collect what I can before, mm-hmm. um, but now I don't have to worry about that. Like I process all my own stuff. It's just irritating. Like yeah. I already sent this in five times. I'm not, I don't want to send it again. Right, and this this is. So it's important then also for us to set the right expectations. Hey, we might run into a situation where I might ask you to turn in your pay stubs <laughs> two or three times. In advance, I apologize. It's not me. This is just, this is unfortunately how it goes. I, you know, the, the, the person brokering the loan can't control processing, mm-hmm. can't control underwriting. Which is why Janelle a lot of times has to reach out to other people because the broker, the, the upfront broker, just can't do anything except just wait. All right. On the realtor side, when I'm shopping for a realtor, what should I be looking for? What questions should I be asking? 
So um, you, they should know the neighborhood you're looking in. Um, they should they should have experience, man. So many of these new agents, like <laughs> they, they're, they're the worst out there. I mean, I they usually them. yeah, they usually with the big brokerage, the the big firms, like they. And, and they don't want to work. They don't want to work. Don't want to work. Don't know anything, and um, and and they're super confident for some reason. Like, right? Like, <laughs> like oh, for okay. Why? Like your TikTok, inter- like that's the thing. It's the t- it's the social media aspect of it. I think with like the newer realtors, I've realized this because I work with like realtors that have been in the game for you know twenty plus years, and and in Philly, it's very tight knit. But like they're bringing in these new real estate agents, or you know, I want to say younger professionals. And they think, you know, just posting on Instagram or on mm-hmm. social media is going to bring them the right clientele. And okay, yeah, that might do the job. But then they have no idea what the hell they're doing once they have that right client, right? And that's what drives me insane. A lot of them don't want to do the, the groundwork to become the successful agent that's been in the game for so long. Like, you probably mm-hmm. had to, I hate to say this, like, I always say, like, if you're a new agent, you have to do somebody's B-work. Like, <laughs> you really do. You have to do the crap work mm-hmm. to make it. So, yeah, do your research, do the work, and work hard. Like, you have to be on the clock all the time. Like, this is yeah, not something was, you're just going to jump into and be like, I'm a realtor now. I was in a DR two weeks ago, had my laptop there, whole working, time. trying to save a deal. Like, all the time I have my laptop with me. And, you know, what's, what's important, too, about an agent? Like, in this market, it's, it's been relatively easy for um, agents with listings to, to, to make money. Because all mm-hmm. they're doing is putting the house on the market and people's bringing them 20 offers over. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's... Both the agents on both sides suck with with those types of deals because you got the buyer's agent telling their clients, "Well, you gotta pay over asking. Everybody's paying over asking in this market, and they're not negotiating at all. They don't even try to negotiate. Right. It's a go in there, pay ten grand more than what was what it's listed for, and then the seller's agent says sitting there, don't know what they're doing, but they they're able to collect a check because it's it's easy. It was really easy in this market. I can always say. I've been really proud of myself because I know my last five deals has been under asking and included seller's assist oh because I wasn't God. I wasn't afraid to ask. Like, I'm not going to just go in there and tell my... Because you're a good agent. Yeah. <laughs> for your client. That's yeah. the thing I like. Right. I genuinely have never seen something like this because, I mean, like, I haven't been on the mortgage side of it for a while, but just even banking, I was exposed to, you know, how competitive it is to... You can underbid. You can. You want to get the house where you're happy and afford it. Like you don't want to have to overbid and then yep. not even be able to afford the mortgage payment. Nobody wants to go through that process. So like for you to sit there like and say, okay, I did get it under asking. People don't even think that exists anymore. Yep. I mean, I hear it all the time with all the um, loan loan officers I work with. Like I can't believe you got this person seller's assist. I can't believe you got it for ten grand under asking. But I mean, it's it's just doing your job like our job is relatively simple negotiating know. is the biggest part of our job I, if we had to, huh? I gotta i gotta play devil's advocate for a minute because you have you will have situations where you have out-of-town investors coming in and blowing stuff up i That's have exactly I've, I've literally seen people pay a hundred thousand dollars over asking without even seeing an appraisal yep Yep. Then waving the appraisal, waving the mortgage contingency. But that's when I tell my clients, like, you just got to wait for the next home. The next one, the next one. You got to wait for, you got to be patient. You don't just keep, like, it's it's, uh, been people I've been working with that missed out on 10 deals. Like, I'm like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And I'm not going to have you overpaying and end up upside down on your house right away. So... Right. We're going to go in right. with a strategy, and we're going to, like, if we don't get this one, it's another one. But that like, makes you such a different type of agent. Like, you literally just said, I don't want you to end up, like, you're, what are you going to buy the house and then move in and have no furniture? Like, this is the money that they're, they're saving to be able to actually afford to live. And I think that's such an important thing to look for in an agent. If the agent is, like, right off the bat, oh, we have to overbid, we have to do this. They're not the agent for you. Like you need to express and be be very transparent on what you can afford to your agent because the right ones will negotiate on your behalf and they're gonna get you what you need. Yes, if they, it's the lazy ones that just like look, I'm gonna put an offer over ten grand and see if they accept it. Like why? You didn't even try. You don't even know if they have any other offers. You just it's it's, it's laziness. It's, it's I, just, I can't stand it. I literally had an agent um, tell me yesterday. She's like, "Yeah, I met this couple, and I asked them if they already had an agent, and they did." And he was like, "But it's my boss's wife." And she ha- she literally said to them, "Okay, if you find a house, just let me know, and uh, I'll put in the offer for you." Oh wow! If you find the house, what in the world are you? I literally looked at her and I'm like, "Did you get their like information?" She's like, "No, they said they have an agent." I'm like, "Woman." They don't have an agent. They have somebody that's just going to put in an offer. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, no That's way. ridiculous. Do your jobs, people. That's it. All right. So those of you guys who have been out here struggling, you're trying to get a property and you keep getting priced up, 
this little rant that the three of us just went on, that was for you. <laughs> um, what, what should I consider if I, let's say I'm an investor and I don't, say I don't want to be a landlord. All right. I don't want to be any, I do want to be an investor, but I'm not trying to be nobody's landlord. I don't want to have to deal with eviction moratoriums and all that other kind of crap. Um, what should I consider then? If I'm only interested in flipping, what should I do? Biggest thing is the neighborhood, man. I, I see a lot of times people find a cheap house in a neighborhood that's not really great, right? And then they invest a lot of money trying to build a mansion in the middle of North Philly, right? And they don't understand it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how nice that house looks. The neighborhood is going to sell for what it's going to sell for. Yeah. Right. Like if everything's selling around 180 around there for a three-bedroom house, you can put gold fixtures in it all you want. <laughs> it's not going to appraise for more than that amount. Like you got to really understand what you're getting into. And that goes to the first-time investors. They always do that when they flip houses. Yep. Like, I mean, and I, I want if I work with an investor, I always tell them it's worth the money to make the house look nice. But you still can't out-price out your house. You can't put a... You can't put a um, three-bedroom house in North Philly on the market for five hundred grand. It's not going to sell. It's right. not going to appraise. It right. don't matter how well you did it. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. So you need to know the neighborhood you're in. And um, is, is it new construction around there, what the houses are selling for, mm -hmm. and have realistic expectations, right? Right. So. right. It, he is so right on this. You see investors all the time concerned with the wrong thing. <laughs> yep. If I all hear another new investor ask me about ARV, I'm going to start ripping my chin hair out. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You don't have, like, for instance, you don't have a, you don't have a place like, um, there's places in Milwaukee right now, there's places in, like, Baltimore, there's places in Cleveland, like, you got, so, there are cities that you can go to where you can buy up entire blocks. Blocks. But, that property is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for it. That's it. Not, that it's it's not that worth what And yeah. stop telling people, stop telling professionals what Zillow said. Oh, oh my God. Come on. Oh I hate Zillow. Oh my God. Shut Zillow down. Yeah, I hate Zestimates. Stop, stop oh telling. Oh my God. My assessment says this. I don't care. I don't care, care. Yeah. I don't care about this estimate. That's not what nobody's paying for it. See, now, did y'all hear the vitriol that erupted <laughs> on this microphone as soon as I said Zillow? And I'm pretty sure that same thing would be would come up if I said a name like Credit Karma. Oh, oh my God. Oh. That's not your credit Listen, score. That, I said it on the last one. That's, you and I'll tell them too. Like, I pull credit through this and they're like, okay, well, this is what it says on yeah. I don't care what it, it says on that. It very well on Credit Karma could be like a 40 to 60 point difference yeah. between that and your actual credit score. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. For all the current investors that are out there, stop telling us what Zillow said. We don't care. Yep. We don't care. That property is worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Not a dime right. more. <laughs> so sometimes yeah. you can't you can't always worry about ARV. You can after repair value for the un uninitiated. Um, so you just gotta focus on the wrong things. Isla, did you have anything to add on that one? I know we kind of went off. No, I mean, yeah, you guys definitely hit all the points with the investor side of it. And I really genuinely think if you don't want to hold an Orbeon landlord, okay, that's fine. But also find other people that have gone through it. Find a mentor, really. Like I think. People think with the investor side of it, that's your competition. I meet up with other lenders all of the time. I meet up with other people that do the same exact thing because I want to perfect my craft. So if you're a new investor, find an investor that's been in the game for a while and ask them really what matters because they're going to straight up tell you the same exact thing we all just said. The estimate doesn't matter. The after repair value doesn't matter. What matters is how quickly can I get this done? Can I get it at a good rate? Can I get it financed, you know, 100%, 80%, whatever it is, but do your, your groundwork and have somebody, like, guide you through it, someone that's been in it. Right. So find a mentor, know the neighborhood. Again, mm -hmm. do your due diligence. Yep. We cannot stress that enough. Just because you find a $10,000 house, may not it may have $90,000 worth of work, and you may never get your money back. Right. So, yeah. and this is, I mean, just to, to piggyback on that, the wholesalers are out here winning right now. They are. They're yeah, making I bread. Can't stand them. I can't stand <laughs> them. Now. I cannot stand them. But one, can, can one of y'all go ahead and explain what a uh, what a real estate wholesaler does? They, uh, they get properties on the contract, and they assign contracts to investors and make money based on the difference between what they're... The agreed price, the agreed price of 
let me say this over. <laughs> Slow right, yeah, down. it's a process, but it's yeah. so they they get a property under contract. They agree to a price with the owner, mm -hmm. and then they re reassign the contract or the agreement to sell to an investor, and they charge a fee in between to make money. So yeah. it's 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 I. I, I don't like them. I think without ever taking possession of the property. Without ever taking they're the possession. And, they're the middleman. They're the liaison. And they don't tell the owners all the time that they're doing this, that they're uh. signing a contract. They sit there and lie to the owners and act like they plan on buying a property, and they work with these shady title companies right. to right. hold the deposit. Right. <laughs> Janelle is getting ready to flip this table. <laughs> yeah, the wholesaler is flip this table. <laughs> <laughs> But I say that to say there's a lot of different ways to get in the game right yeah, now. It is. All right, like I said, the wholesalers are winning right now. So yeah. you could you could you could get into real estate investing being a wholesaler. You got tax lien investing. You got tax de tax deed investing. Um, now there is a trend right now that's been sweeping the nation. Is this the multifamily trend? Is this what you're about to bring up? No, no, no. It's it's well sort of. But the trend that's sweeping the nation right now. If I wanted to be a short-term, if I wanted to only do short-term rentals, so I want an Airbnb, mm. how should my strategy differ from somebody who wants to flip? Hold. Uh, I, I mean, so it's more than, so Airbnbs have to be in a popular neighborhood. So they have to, it's, it's a way different, you're looking for way different things when you're looking for a flip and an and a, a Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not looking for a residential neighborhood, really. Like, if I'm doing an Airbnb, it has to be close to public transportation. It has mm -hmm. to be close to um, places of interest. It, I, I don't like Airbnbs in Philly, even though I know people make a lot of money. I, yeah, try to, I feel like it's not like it's seasonal. Nobody's coming to Philly yeah, in the winter. Right. So why do you have an Airbnb? You in can't Philly? have a luxury Airbnb in Philly. Come on, like, yeah, and people are doing it. They but are? I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I was just like, for me, I was me and my friends. Like I said, we were just in the DR. We actually got two rentals out there that we're going to try to do Airbnb. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's a non-seasonal place, right? People are going to be there all year round. Yeah. So. I mean, you you got to know how much the Airbnbs are going for in, in that neighborhood that you're planning on doing Airbnb. So you got to do your research. I was like literally just about to say, I don't I don't know if we said this enough, but do your research. Yeah, please. that seems like a common uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like a common do sense thing. Before you just jump jump into stuff. You got so many people out here who don't know how to do that research. All they're doing is listening to these gurus on Instagram, TikTok, and, and TikTok and Twitter. And they don't know that the laws are changing. The right. laws are changing Correct. everywhere. Atlanta just, Atlanta just put in a regulation that limited the amount of Airbnbs you I can have to two per person. Really? Uh, I Philadelphia has a law. Philadelphia has a law coming up in December. Well, it's already passed, but Airbnb is going to start enforcing it in December. That if you could, you have to have a license to rent your Airbnb as an owner occupant. I mean, it's easier to get as an owner occupant, but if you don't own the property. You have to go in front of the zoning board to get permission to have Airbnbs. So it's going to make it extremely okay. difficult to have Airbnbs in Philly if you're not an owner. But I mean, that's realistic, though, because, like, why are you going into the place signing a leasing agreement and then letting other... You're, you can't take responsibility for these people that are, you know, booking it out yep. for the weekend. You're going to destroy someone else's property, and that's a bigger issue to deal with at the end of the day. Yep. A lot mm -hmm. of people also don't know if you own... Let's say you buy this first property, right? And it's like an investment property to you at this point. You flip it into Airbnb. You now have, have equity. Wait until that equity is enough in there to get your other Airbnb. You should always own them. There should be nobody that's leasing and then saying, oh, I'm going to Airbnb this out. That's a good law to have. Yeah, People's and, houses but it's going to be expensive, though. That license for a non-owner occupant is going to start off at like $5,000. So that's just a file File, file for the license. It's, Airbnb is going to be different. It's because of the hotel industry. Yep. They're mm -hmm. pushing back. They, they're losing money. That's right. And they're lobbying hard to get Airbnb in check. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a crazy ride. Man. I deal with like a lot of Airbnb investors because I do equity, like the equity side of it mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And of the ones that I deal with are truly like they're brilliant because they'll look for those cities that people are actually like they have a high volume of tourists coming in. And they'll look at it like, okay, this is my first property. And they keep tapping into their equity. They'll literally take the equity out of their first Airbnb. And then they'll buy another one. But they'll always buy it. And they'll put it in a place that has, like, you know, HOAs because the internet is included. There's a pool. There's, like, all these things that someone's going to want to oh, rent yeah, the Airbnb. Amenities, but, yeah. like, it, the, these people wouldn't know to do that if it wasn't for the fact that they sat down. And they literally have full-time jobs and Airbnb, Airbnb on the side. You know, mm -hmm. it's bringing them just even more income than their full-time jobs. So, so just in use other it words, right. they're... Doing, doing their research. research. <laughs> yeah, they're being smart. <laughs> common common yeah, You would think. Now, 
Um, how, let's say I've recently acquired a property. How, what's the best way in your, in you guys' opinion, how do I find tenants, how do I screen tenants, and should I have a property manager? I guess I'll take, I'll take yeah. it. So, I mean, to, to find tenants, there's, there's multiple different ways, right? But I mean, the easiest way is I'm going to always say is get a realtor. Like that's our freaking job, yeah. like right to find these tenants for you. It's our job to help you screen it. But I mean, the credit bureaus offer ways you can screen tenants or you could post your um, property online and have a million different people calling you and bother you. You don't want to deal with that, right? Mm -hmm. Let me do it. And like, we don't get paid unless we rent the property for you, right? Mm -hmm. So, right. um, I mean, and, and in this climate, it's really, really important you find the right tenant because, like you said, the, all the eviction moratoriums and Philly makes it ridiculously hard to kick people out of a house if they're not paying their rent. So, like, you don't want to mess up when, when it comes to getting these tenants, man. And I mean, and I say that, and I also feel for the actual tenants, too. I know this might be a little bit off, off the question, but... Take as much time as yeah, you need, bro. I always feel for the tenants because they, they, some people have evictions, so they they can't get a place. And they mm -hmm. might have messed up once when they were 19. I do feel like there needs to be some laws in place that limits how far people can look back for things like that. You deserve yeah, another chance. I believe people deserve a second chance. And so many times we see one mistake ruins people's lives forever, like especially during this pandemic. How many people during this pandemic is going to have an eviction or a foreclosure or some kind of forbearance on their record yeah. where they're not right. going to be able to do anything for 10 years? Right. 10 right. years. Like, that's that's what's going to really trigger the recession. Like, these these things are coming up. You'll see. Yeah. So. Is it ever, now I'm asking this, you know, I'm asking this question for a couple of people out there. You know, there is a lot of people out there who, keep getting priced out and we kind of hinted at this earlier is it ever appropriate to waive inspection uh, and when would you advise somebody to do this if you are confident in your abilities to look at the property and know what's what's wrong if you like look if you're a contractor and you can say look i know i need to fix this i know i need to fix that i know i know what needs to be done so i don't need an inspection then do it but if you're not don't ever right. do it. I don't care how bad you want the property. Like, because something that's hidden that you can't see, and even me being in this real estate game for five years, I'm not telling you wait an inspection. I have a, never told anybody that. Do not, I'm, like, that's the type of agent I'm not. Like, I can't support. Like, if you're one of those agents that's like, oh, I need it to close, you don't care about the customer. Yeah, you don't customer. care at you all. You genuinely don't care about the customer if you're going to say, oh, you should waive the inspection. Are you joking? Like, absolutely not. This is this person's future home. This is where they're going to live. Um... Yeah, so I don't, I don't necessarily like. I think you need to be literally a certified contractor to yeah. be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna waive the inspection. Okay, that's great. You're certified to be able to like eye that. Nobody yeah. else is. You know, you'll know, you know what you're looking at. But there's ways around it too. So one thing I was doing recently too is like, you can have the inspector come with you during during the first showing. So mm -hmm. you could have an inspection without officially having an inspection, right? Yes. But even with that, if you waive the inspection and you you see something that you know you want them to fix. They they won't fix it when you waive that inspection. That raise that waives your right to ask for stuff. Like so, yep, exactly. That, that waives your right to ask yeah. for stuff. So like, I I never recommend that. Like like I said, it's just about being patient. I know it's a lot of um, outbidding out there. I know it's a lot of appraisal waivers and all types of crazy stuff. I know one time somebody told me. They was willing to pay the seller's closings costs, like their their side of the transfer tax. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm not advising yeah. anybody to do that. Like, no, like it's just being patient, man. Like, and I mean, I had people cry, like, why can't I get this house? I'm like, would What's you prefer that? to get the house and regret it for the next twenty years, or just be patient and just get the right house for you? So, like, patience is going to be a virtual, but good thing is. Is turning into a buyer's market. It's yes, definitely turning is. into yeah. a buyer's market. So like, the sellers are going to be here begging us soon. Like, yeah. I was just talking to I'm one of my, to, yeah. yeah, I was just talking to one of my real estate friends the other day. I'm like, yeah, it's turning into a buyer's market. She's a seller's agent. It's like, no, it's not. We 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 still in charge. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Not I've been gotten a couple of houses under under asking. No more of that ten million dollars over asking. Like, no, yeah. we we coming back. Because <laughs> people are noticing there's just like not. Like, think about it realistically. There's, It's turning into a buyer's market because now people are... Okay, first of all, for the past two years, all people did was sit inside and make kids. So, yeah, yeah people are going to have to buy a house no matter what the rate is. Jeez. The population is growing. That is what <laughs> happened. The population... 
Are you joking? So many of my friends had babies. You guys were bored. You're going to have to upgrade because you're going to get stuck in this one-bedroom apartment with your badass little kids. And you're going to be like, why did my landlord raise it $400? Because you're paying their mortgage and they could do whatever they want. So, yes, it's turning into a buyer's market because y'all are stuck in a house with bad kids. That's that's really what it comes down to. Um, and people are, you know, they've had their houses up and they're, they're noticing there's not a lot of people qualifying for these rates, right? Mm, yeah. So, yes, they're going to take asking under there ask for stuff don't take the yeah. house as is if there's something wrong ask to for it to be fixed yeah we'll we'll come close to the price that you want but you don't have to pay over yeah it's it's it, you know the mortgage rates is what's it's just what's driving the market like you said there we you don't have that competition out there anymore those two and three percent rates were, were allowed people to get into this market but now we're at these six six and seven percent almost rates you know that's pricing people out and even with that being said i meant to touch on this earlier People don't realize this is still a cheap market, right? I was doing research the other day. This is still the third cheapest market in history. Like, there's been mortgage rates in the 13 15%. Like, this is this is still a cheap market. It's just we got spoiled with 2.75 that never happened before. Yeah. And you think that's ever going to come back? It's not. Stop waiting. Like, if yeah. you can afford it, get a house now. Because, right. like, it's, like I said, it's just going to get worse. Like, because I think the Fed's going to raise the rate again next time they meet. What do you advise? What do you advise for those folks who are trying to find a property? Like I have an aunt. Shout out to my aunt, darling, <laughs> with your beautiful self. <laughs> um, you know, she's been out here trying to find a property. I think she's going to she's going to view like seven, eight properties, something like that. And for whatever reason, there's just always something. Somebody else comes in and offers, you know, a ridiculous offer that the seller will not refuse, or she gets pressured to waive inspection, which she is also not going to do. Not at all. Um, what, what do you advise to the people who keep getting outbid and just can't find the right property? I mean, it's, it's really, you may have to revise what you're looking for, right? You I mean, you got to understand most people only stay in their first home for five years. So when, a lot of times when people are looking at these homes, they're thinking they're going to be there forever. It's like, you're not. You're not, and you may have to you may have to temper your expectations. Like, hey, maybe I don't get this five bedroom right now. Maybe I'll find four with a basement that could be finished and turned into a five bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe maybe I don't have to be on that block. I could be a little bit closer. Right. Like, it maybe like you you have to temper your expectations. Like, if you're not if you're not gonna go for the home one swing and pay a million dollars over asking and all that, right. you got to temper your expectations. Like. Right. It, you have to be realistic. They realistic, really do have yeah. to be realistic. And it's not, we're, we're not saying you can't have that mansion on that block. We're saying, like, maybe not right now. But, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's a matter of, like, you need to kind of compromise with what the market is giving you. If that's constantly happening to you, there has to be things that you need to make a little bit of a um, exception for. Like, we were talking about this earlier. We were saying, you know, a couple didn't agree on the properties. Yeah. They said for a, for a year and a half they wanted a multifamily. But... At this point, it, it's true. It is easier to find another partner. So find another partner and <laughs> compromise with them. Like, you know, this is this is a buyer. It's turning into a buyer's market, but that doesn't mean it's going to get any easier in that sense. Like, you just kind of have to set the expectations to, I'd like all of these things, but I could do without these. Yep. You set down, write down that list. Like, look, this is what I would like. This is what I need. Like, right? I mean, it's. I, I, just, I just think sometimes you have to, revisit what's what's really important like and be maybe, patient work and for be it. patient mm -hmm. yes you're gonna it. get exactly what you want if you really really put the same effort in yeah all right now nobody here has a crystal ball i'm not one who says we're gonna we're headed for a recession but i think we're definitely in for a i'm gonna call it a market correction mm. mm -hmm. i, I kind of think that's actually starting right well, now i was about to say yeah if we're uh if but this isn't it what's gonna happen what, what what do you guys see as far as the real estate space over the next let's say 12 to 18 months um like i said i i, I actually do think it's going to be a re recession but i don't think that's going to affect well how how can i phrase this um it's changing to a buyer's market so that's how it's going to affect this that's going to be it's going to be a better opportunity for buyers. Everything is still, the rates are not going to go lower. The home prices aren't going to be go lower. It's just going to be less buyers to compete with, right? right. That's why it's going to be a buyer's market, right? I mean, because, I mean, there's layoffs. Like, companies are laying people off already preparing for this recession. It's going to be, I mean, when you look at it, it's being um, artificially produced, right? The Fed is deliberately raising rates and making things way more expensive to cool down the hot market. So they're creating a recession for a reason, right? To try to get the inflation in check, right? So um, 
it's, it's going to be a buyer's market because it's just going to be less people that can afford to buy a house, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still going to be opportunity for people to get homes. Like the, the inventory is going up. Like you have companies like Zillow, you were saying earlier, Zillow in the last two years bought over like 10,000 properties and now they're trying to get rid of their portfolio yep. because whatever their strategy was, because I had no idea what their strategy was, is not working. So they have to sell those houses back now. Oh, they so, knew what they was going to cheat. We know what they should Yeah, yeah. yeah, they was yeah let's, let's buy all of these properties from all of these. And this is where, and let me get on my soapbox for a minute. <laughs> Matter of fact, let me bring this microphone. <laughs> Just feel, hear me real quick. All right. This is where it bothers me when I hear older people constantly poo-pooing the younger generation, all right, talking about how, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes millennials can be lazy or whatever, but let's, be, let's tell the whole truth here. Generations before us had a dollar that was worth, like, ten times more than that dollar is worth right now. I just had a friend the other day I was talking to. He's like, yeah, my father was a butcher. He had a wife and six kids. <laughs> He was able to. <laughs> what do you mean? He, he was able to raise a family yeah. on the salary of a butcher. Yeah, okay. Think I, about that I for can't a minute. Raise myself on my salary. Yeah. Like, it's like, how do you raise six other kids? So I mean, now with that being said, I actually hope interest rates continue to go up. Yes, I said it. All right, because and I'm gonna tell you why. It's because we need the space to be clear from all of these amateurs out here mm -hmm. crowding the market. And making the making making these prices and these interest rates of, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> no, but a there's a there's there's a lot of people out here in the market who don't know what they're doing, mm. and they're making the water muddy for real professionals. I know somebody who just. This is an investor, who is going to cash flow, maybe two hundred dollars a month, on a, on a property that they just put, a couple hundred thousand dollars of work into. And this is the stuff I be talking about, man. Yeah, that's this not. is the wow, the stuff I be talking about. My mother would punch me in the face <laughs> right now. <laughs> but this is the stuff I'm talking about, man. You just this is why it's important to do your research, find a mentor who has done this before, yeah. find somebody who has real credentials and has measurable, tangible results. Not somebody just selling courses online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys, every there's a, a literal it's a national mortgage licensing website where everybody has access to it, ask them for their NMLS ID and look them up. It's that nice. simple. It's literally there for the public. It's there for people to fact check who you're going to. You're not going to go to a doctor not knowing that they're actually a doctor, right? Like someone's going to tell you, oh, I, I, for example, I do injections, <laughs> butt injections. You're going to go to somebody's basement? You're not going to... Some people up. are. Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah, people are. And those people, yeah, five, five years later, let me know where you're at. That's all that matters, and that's exactly the same thing here. It's these courses that you're paying for. Just, like, fact check. Do, do your research. And then if, they could, if they could teach it to you, they learned it from somewhere. So why do you, are you paying them when you could get the same information yourself? Yeah, man? paying it what? from a Like, if it's person. not required, like, I'm paying for a license that the state requires me to pay for. I'm not paying somebody for stuff, like... I mean, even the credit repair stuff, they always get me. I'm like, all that information is so readily available. Yeah. You could do exactly the same thing they're doing. Write the credit bureaus. Um, go online and dispute it. Like, lock all your credit files. Like, it's the simplest process and somebody's charging $500 a month for it. Get the heck out of here. Like, it's, it's I don't know, man. Yeah, you got a lot of people, to what we were talking about earlier, you got a lot of people getting caught up right now. A lot of states are requiring people to have a license to wholesale. Yeah, but, you know, you, got, the, just you, got, you yep. got these course salesmen out here who ain't going to tell you that. Yep. Because they just, you, never They mind. don't tell you that. Yeah. So never mind. They just, yeah, Pennsylvania just started, like, a wholesaler have to have licenses. Like, and, you know, I mean, the reason why, like, like it was the Wild Wild West out there. Like, I was right. telling you, they, they, right. they're freaking buying, they're telling people they had the intention on buying their properties, and they're not telling them that they're signing a contract. And you know what's worse is these realtors don't don't inform their clients either. Like, I had one, one wholesaler call me before. For it's like yeah, and just um, write out the offer for me. Make sure you put um, uh, to a to a person to be assigned later. I'm like no, I'm not doing wholesale. Get out of here. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not doing that. Like I know Sir, what you're doing. Out of here. You you could do that with those other agents because they don't know when you put like you know that to be assigned later to an LLC mm -hmm. that they're going to try to sell it to an investor. Like I'm like you're not wasting my time holding a property on a contract for 30 days. And then you know the way they're able to get out of it because they'll have their 
bogus lender write up a letter saying that they didn't get approved for the mortgage and they get the deposit back. But you just held this property under contract for 30 days, 30 days, and cost me all the potential buyers because you were trying to trying to assign the contract to another person. Right. Yeah. You've held up this process for a month so you could make $5,000. Yeah, yeah. And then you end up not even doing it like because right. you're, you're a rookie. You just got this course online and right. you said, let me go try my hand at it. Uh, people, these are not things to play with. Like, this is real estate. This isn't it's where, like, lives. yeah, yeah, it's people's, it's people's lives. lives. And that's the thing. Like, this is what <laughs> this is what caused the market crash to begin with. There's no shot this is ever going to happen again. It's like there is so much more regulation in it. I'm going to share with y'all a quick story from another one of my mentors. This gentleman was doing mortgages, you know, back when it was really the Wild Wild, wild, wild West, West out here. Yeah. Back in, yeah, you oh know, right before, right before 2008. And he shared a story with me where... He got this guy approved for this big five-bedroom, three-bathroom house, front yard, backyard, the whole nine. The guy left his office and came back about two hours later and said, hey, are you sure I'm approved for this house? And he said, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, why, why is you asking me that? You see, because I just tried to get a cell phone at Verizon. They want a $500 deposit. Got approved for a house, but couldn't get a phone. That <laughs> is the type of thing that caused what happened in 2008. That's exactly right. It. All right. And like, since then, there have been a whole bunch of laws put in place to prevent that from ever happening again. Ever. If you're depending on that, if you're waiting on that to start investing in real estate, you're gonna be waiting for a pretty long time. Yeah. I, I, you're gonna be sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, I mean, there there are some loans you can you can get approved for if you don't like. I have I will tell you a story. I had a couple who was a foreign couple. Um, they didn't have any credit. Um, they he worked as a limo driver, so he didn't have a W two. So I was able to help them get approved with a bank statement mm-hmm. loan. Mm-hmm. They had to put twenty percent. Yeah, they had to put twenty percent down on a house. I mean, but he still had good credit and the um, and, and the, the money, money in the bank. Yeah. So he was able to get a house without us needing all the documentation and stuff. Right. right? So I mean, there's ways. There's ways you can get a house if you if you don't have everything in order. Cause I mean, my, I know for me it's hard too. Like I've been looking to buy properties too, but I'm self-employed, and you know they try to run you through the oh, ringers. Yeah, they try to they run really you through the ringers. Yeah. But you know what? There's so many lenders out there that are like very like diligent and will work with you, and you just and have it's to more help expensive. them. Yeah. But it's yeah. more expensive. It is. It's, it's, it's more expensive. You know, for as much grief as the industry gives people who are self-employed, I mean, once the Let's, can we be honest about it? Once the non-QM piece of the, of the industry goes, the entire industry goes. Yeah, yeah. they're so, going to be like, we want them. Yeah, we want we, the self-employed. We, we need the self-employed people. This is why mortgage brokers are important. We talked about this before. All right, we're creeping up on an hour. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> All right, if you would, y'all go ahead and take a minute. If you have anything that you're promoting right now, any events that you have coming up, if you have a business, go ahead and shout it out. Tell us where we can find you. Yes. Okay. So my uh, Instagram is really where you could find all the education, my real estate rants. If you're going to slide up and tell me the rates are too high, please uh, DM me first so I can block you. (laughs) My Instagram is Mortgage Motivator. I uh, specialize in purchase consulting. So any type of purchase. And I also do home equity um, with Spring EQ. So that is where I'm at. I'm very happy there. They have the best availability when it comes to utilizing your equity and purchasing more properties. So Again, mortgage motivator, super simple to find. It's funny she says she works at Spring and Q because Brandon, Rashid, and Lance for all work. Yeah, you know them? I do. Yeah, you know, yeah those are all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> all my like my oh, lifelong friends. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I love it there. It's honestly oh my, my ex girlfriend worked there. Amanda, yeah. Amanda Gardner. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Amanda. We'll talk. <laughs> so I'll tell you so. Yeah. For me, it's Janelle Williams at, um, on Instagram. Um, basically, my real estate page, um, JW Home Services is the name of my business. You know, we specialize in try to be a one-stop shop for everything, mortgages, insurance, and real estate, and helping you find a home. So, if you guys want to contact me, phone number is 267-240-1983. I'm always available. Reach out, ask me any questions, text me. I love talking to people. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let me. Let me. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. I definitely enjoyed this. Uh, It was my pleasure, man. I wanted to get some people who I knew knew what they were talking about, (laughs) and who were reliable. Y'all have no idea. So I reached out to a. You know what? I'm. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not not going to tell you how many other realtors 
I had, and I should have just called Janelle first. I actually felt kind of guilty when I finally did call him. Like, damn, I should have just, you know. You know he's booked and busy, though. That's <laughs> These are facts. These are facts. Um, no, but big time for you, my man. I got you. Right now, um, I want to take a minute and thank the audience. Thank you guys for listening. You know, we started this program in February of 2022. We are now being listening to being listened to in nine countries. We have 48, four, pardon me, 49,000 downloads as wow. of today. Um, 16 states across the uh, U.S. I don't know anybody in India, but <laughs> India is showing up right now. Really? Shout out to That's India. Wow. Yeah. If anybody needs Arabic speakers, not that India is Arabic speaking, but hey. Yeah, Arabic right. speakers, I got you. Yeah, right now, it's uh, in, outside, of, outside of the U.S., it's India. Uh, the Philippines are listening to me heavy right now. Again, I don't know outside of Manny Pacquiao. I don't even know of any. I don't even know of any Filipino people. Uh, Filipinos, um, they, they got good food. We're being listened to right now in the U.S., Germany, Russia, Philippines, U.K. There's a couple other places that I can't think of right now. But I just want to take a minute and thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks for liking and sharing the program. Um, Y'all know that if you need anything from me. You're trying to grow your business. You're trying to start your business. By all means, feel free to go ahead and reach out. If there's anything that you guys want to hear us cover ever, if you guys have some program ideas, I'm here for you. Email address here is starmaker at myblackumbrella.com. Y'all already knew that. (laughs) Y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Please join us on the next program. Now, so far, we've brought you two pros in the real estate industry. I brought you a realtor. I brought you a... Residential Mortgage Pro. Uh, Y'all know most of my experiences in the commercial space, but we're going to wait and do a commercial episode down the line here. Our next program, I'm going to bring y'all a contractor. We're going to talk about how to recognize a good contractor, why it's important for you to get somebody who knows what they're doing, not your Uncle Peanut. (laughs) All right, not your cousin Nuck Nuck. You need to get somebody who has real credentials to do the work on your property. But we're going to get into it. We're going to get into that and a whole lot more. Uh, After that, I'm going to have a series coming up on the business of hair. All right, we're going to get us a couple stylists in here. We're going to have us maybe a couple of barbers. For those of you who are aspiring to have your own hair salon, have your own barbershop, or anything of that sort, I'll I'll bring you guys somebody that makes hair products also. So those of you that are looking to set up a skincare or hair care business, I'll have something for you too. I think that's it. That's all we got up the sleeve for you now. Y'all enjoy the rest of your day and be blessed. Thank you for attending the performance. And a special thanks to all those who helped.